0: Before we get started, a quick disclaimer. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Nothing you hear is an offer or a solicitation to buy or sell any investment. With that, hello. Welcome to the Rangeley Capital Podcast. I'm Chris DeMuth, a PM at Rangeley. With me as always is my co-host and fellow Rangeley PM, Andrew Walker. It is Wednesday, February 8th, 2017. Today we're going to talk about Audi and women and then wrap up with Amazon, Macy's, and all about 15 minutes. Uh, During the Super Bowl, Audi uh, aired an ad that favors equal pay between men and women. Uh, The uh, voice uh, said, what do I tell my daughter Uh, uh, in the uh, commercial? Uh, And then it panned to uh, dad watching his girl uh, compete against a bunch of boys in a go-kart race. Uh, do I tell her that despite her education, her drive, her skills, her intelligence, she will automatically be valued as less than every man she meets? Uh, so Andrew, uh, I thought I thought this was an interesting ad. It was fantastic Super Bowl. I want to say almost nothing about it because you'd be just cliche. <laughs> Did you watch it? Uh, I, 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 you know the high, I can tell I can tell you the very very highest. Uh, award in sports is for me to have heard of your name okay. because you're out of the sports <laughs> section onto the front page so Tiger Woods and now this Tom Brady fellow uh, he's made several accomplishments as biggest as I've heard of him he's yeah. the one player on either team I've now heard of I was just but laughing because you're notoriously not a sports <laughs> fan <laughs> no, so no, when no, you no. said that I was like did you actually no. watch it? it was the one game I've seen this year I saw it on TV and uh, it was it was really entertaining I liked the whole thing I even liked the the halftime show and most of the ads, and it was it was like a Disney uh, fictional yeah. sports show. It was actually really interesting. <laughs> well, look, I I watched, and my girlfriend caught me the other
1: day. I was uh, I re-watched Lady Gaga's halftime show. I it thought was she was great. fantastic. Uh, and you know, just turning to the ad, what we're trying to talk about. A, I guess Audi got what they were trying to accomplish because it was a one-minute ad, and we're going to spend six minutes of our podcast talking talking about it. So they, they got their money work. Free rangely yeah. podcast they, they, time f- with our dozens of listeners for free. <laughs> dozens. Uh, you know, I think it's funny because you and I, we always laugh. Sometimes we'll post the podcast, and someone will come on, and they'll comment. And I'll be like excuse me, sir, I couldn't care less about what your podcast has to say. And we're just kind of like, oh, and in this case, like, no, dad, even even if it was true that your daughter was for some reason worth less than all these boys, like, maybe you shouldn't go telling her. Like, that does not seem like the thing you should be telling your daughter. Uh, but, you know, I think a lot of people have pointed out, Uh, Audi is probably not the the group that should be saying this. You know, they come out and they say, we're a big fan of equal pay for equal work, except uh, they don't have any women on their six-person executive team. Uh, Their supervisory board, which is kind of the German equivalent of the American Board of Directors, is 16% women, which is below the average for a Fortune 500 company, way below BMW, which is at 30% women. And then I personally just don't like... Like, why did you do this commercial? You did it because you're trying to generate goodwill and you're trying to take a, a stand on one side. And I don't think there's exactly a side up there that's saying, "Hey, women should be paid less for equal pay." You know, and I just don't like they were they were trying to take this political stand for commercial purposes. Like. I, I consider myself a feminist. I think they're completely equal. I, I don't like that Audi tried to uh, take advantage and make money off of it, so I'll turn it over to you. I, you.
0: You're so agreeable today that you said so many things that I agree with and we'll try to put a little bit of a different uh, spin on, but but it, but I think some of my thoughts reflect uh, yours. First of all, in decision making, you, if you literally ask yourself the question, what do I tell my daughter? I have a daughter I love very much. I think about this question. Uh, you You should think about something that is... Uh, true and uh, encouraging, you would want to say something that in this case is untrue and demoralizing, you should never say. The only interesting thing that you should wrestle with is something that is to a degree true and to a degree demoralizing yeah. or encouraging. Those are the brainers. This one should be kind of a no brainer. Like if your daughter keeps trying out
1: for the basketball team and it's not that girls can't play basketball, she's just not that good. You go, to all like, hey, maybe this isn't the sport for you, but yeah.
0: yeah. Exactly. Um, you know, I think that. Um, virtue signaling. Uh, people love the topic of their own virtues, especially when they can really lay them out in front of other people's perceived vices. The funny thing is, if I really wanted to improve myself, if I actually was trying to wrestle with something authentically, I would talk about, gosh, I, I have these horrible vices. Let's talk about the problems I have. But people love just kind of kind of marinating in their virtues if, if they have dozens and dozens of, uh, of, of Vices, but this one kind of virtue of their age, of their political spectrum, of their investing philosophy, whatever it is, they just want to come back to the topic again and again and again. And so this example of virtue uh, signaling, I, I think, is very funny. If you're in business, you don't want to attack the potential customers too much. And so the big solution is attack history's defeated enemies you know hollywood during the cold war went really soft on the commies but boy ready to knock the stuffing out of them once uh once the russians had lost the cold war you know i think maybe in uh, decades or centuries ahead hollywood's going to come out and have these kind of ISIS enemies and action movies, and they're going to be these uh, terrorists from Syria, uh, and and they're gonna be they're gonna be real skittish until then. Well, uh, I don't know. I think Hollywood does a pretty good jo- job of attacking
1: the uh, attacking ISIS. Like, I don't know if you have ever watched an episode of Twenty Four, but I you know can, no, you no, can no. watch thirty or forty terrorists get killed in an hour. There, I, I well, think the the other side would be like. A China, yeah. like Ch- Hollywood's very so- soft on very China soft right now China. because they want to have their films approved in China. Now I'm not saying China's yeah. an enemy, but you know you could see how a hundred years yeah. from now we'll look back and say like Hollywood was pandering for money and the war is lost, and then they can go after. Well,
0: but I, I, I guess I'm going to attack this next uh, country nationality because I have family there. But I would like to say the UK behavior with the press gangs in uh, kind of 1812 to 1814 was really vicious, and I just I just want to kind of go after them for that. <laughs> but I don't get to claim to be brave. You know, yep. this is kind of dated. And so I think it's very funny when you go off to these defeated enemies and act brave. And again, you know, Audi, you know, the, the 12 to 2 on the executive committee, they're board 6 to 0. And and in fairness also, Germans, when the board has the six men on it, they look very kind of, in terms of old, severe, serious white men. It's, these guys yeah, it, really it, do it, look it, like it's old white literally men. literally
1: the definition of if you were doing a movie and trying to frame like the villainous evil corporation that a woman can't advance in. It is what the audit board would look like. Exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this is something. And so I think the, 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 the little bit of self-awareness they had, they were asked, do you pay your female employees less than males at the company that you raised the topic? So you wanted to discuss it. Let's discuss it. Their answer is, when we account for all the various factors that go into pay... Women are on par with their male counterparts. Let me unpack that for a second because I, too, am a feminist, but I'm a factual feminist. I like feminism uh, based in reality. And uh, so I would like to, to unpack their comment and say, what do I tell my daughter? Well, I tell her the facts. Women make 79 cents on the dollar mostly because of choices that individual workers make. The choice to take less physically risky jobs that come with big pay premiums. You know, you look at the really dangerous jobs that are voluntarily applied for. Uh, The top 10 range from 100% down to 75% uh, male, but are almost all in the mid to high uh, 90s. Uh, time away from family, time uh, that's dangerous, uncomfortable, uh, dirty jobs tend to be male jobs, uh, and paychecks reflect aggregate data. Uh, when corrected for legitimate economic factors, the gap goes away. I used to say virtually disappears, but it actually might more than disappear in a lot of the science and tech jobs. It might be more than a dollar right now. Um, and if you want to be the exception, dear, if I'm talking to my daughter, study more math and science. Uh, but uh, you know, I think these are things that the people who made this ad knew they were virtue virtue signaling and well we're still talking about it uh, but it, while they were virtue signaling when they talked about their own business they were actually rigorous in the data
1: yeah yeah you know i i, I want to move on quickly spell sure. the thing but i i guess my last thought on you know i think it's so easy to say like oh it's so easy to be on one side 78 cents on the dollar it's ridiculous women need, we need equal work for equal pay it's easy to say that and then there is the counter like Well, adjust for everything and equal pay. It is equal pay for equal work. And, you know, I think that it's like two quick headlines, but I think there are serious issues with like You know, women biologically, they're the one who have to have the family. Like I think companies do face serious issues with Mm -hmm. if women are choosing to spend more time with family and that is causing them to kind of miss out on higher power jobs. I think a lot of companies have realized, hey, there's a significant portion of the workforce of a very skilled workforce who we are not getting because they're making a family choice. And people do need to think about, hey. our our businesses might have advantages if we can find ways to create part-time jobs that they can do or if we can find ways to kind of bring the skilled workforce in in a way that allows them to be family first but still, kind of produce value. I think there are complicated uh, discussions around there that need to be had. But Com- complicated not there, right? discussions
0: that this company chose to take the statistically rigorous one talking about themselves yeah. and the headline one when they're preaching. Um, and then, one final comment before moving go ahead, on go ahead, is yeah. that, uh, in terms of a decision example, just six percent of our listeners are female, so yes. this is the kind of voluntary decision that is
1: sub economic. I, I actually think statistically it, it can be proven through some use of alternative facts that the, the entire facts. wage gap is related to the Rangely Capital <laughs> podcast, male dominated. <laughs> I, I, I
0: like actual facts. Uh, and we're, we're uh, moving on to uh, Macy's. Last time uh, we discussed Macy's, uh, uh. Lots happened since then. Uh, they have found a suitor, Hudson's Bay. Uh, this would be the largest M&A deal with two companies with apostrophes in the names uh, that I can remember. So this is not a good statistic. <laughs> that was Somebody literally an him. alternative <laughs> tax, Chris. Somebody can call it in. I just thought of that on the fly. Yeah, uh, two that I can apostrophes. Um, but uh, uh, if anyone's unfamiliar with that company, check out Frontier on Netflix. Uh, actually, kind of a cool show uh, uh, that has some of the history of uh, Hudson's Bay. Uh, Macy's a uh, whole. Holders are looking for the board and management to do something. Uh, both the potential buyer and seller are suffering from weak sales over the last year. Uh, Macy's activist Starbird, before getting a board seat, had really favored pushed for a real estate JV similar to the one that Hudson's Bay did with Sachs. Um They could have done a reconversion, but they did a JV with real estate uh, involving Sachs. There's very valuable real estate at macy's they could fold it into a similar structure andrew should this potential uh deal give macy's investors hope
1: yes yeah, so my, my thoughts on this really haven't changed since we talked about them last I, I don't doubt that macy's has some valuable real estate and at some price it makes sense but look macy's is not the only person looking to unload basically mall real estate you know Sears, which we've talked about a lot on this podcast, is still a disaster. Sears is trying to unload the real estate. JCPenney, Dillard's, all these department stores are trying to unload real estate Mm -hmm. to some extent. And when you've got a ton of sellers, like, I just don't see any buyers for a lot of it. Now, Macy's does have some trophy properties. You know, there's the property in San Francisco. There's a property in New York. They've got some, but it it does not cover just how how large this company's market cap is. Mm And when all these real estate people are looking to shed real estate, it's just a buyer's market. And I just don't think anybody's going to realize anywhere close to their real estate value. Uh, I think the bigger issue is Macy's, the future has been obvious for years. It's been obvious it's going online. Macy's has a very full cost structure. They have a business model predicated on selling these large name brands on commission at these very expensive stores. And uh, it's been clear for years, and Macy's leadership did nothing to adjust for the future. And if it wasn't for the real estate, Macy's would be in tons and tons of trouble, as is. They're just complex. And I'll turn it over to you in one second. I think the one thing that's clear to me, Macy's is shedding tons of jobs, closing stores, and they've got a lot of valuable real estate. And one thing we've heard advisors tell us is, look, a lot of private equity companies looked at this and said, oh, that's what we do. We'll put some debt on it, buy it, close stores, sell real estate, turn it around and make it a more profitable, smaller business. The issue is we don't know what the business model is in the long term. Like even if we close stores, it's not clear to us that there's a business on the other end here. It's such a dramatic change. I don't know where the value is.
0: Asset sales, when it's really under distress and when all the buyers know, and when all the sellers are selling at the same time, you know, boy, these things really aren't super cheap. And I'll disclose I own a very small amount of Macy's, but I, uh, I look at this and say, gee, it's still expensive. Compared to warehouses, I mean, other than you know a few Herald Square, a few locations that you'd actually want to go to. I mean, most of these, you know, turn them into Amazon warehouses, but they're still not warehouse-like prices. I mean, there's, these these malls are still well, you know, and, uh, and and they're malls, right? Like a warehouse. The nice thing
1: about a warehouse is you you're next to an interstate. Mm-hmm it's a lot cheaper real estate because there's generally not a lot around it in a mall it's it's more expensive real estate and it doesn't have the infrastructure to get lots of trucks in and out quickly so you're not talking you you know it doesn't make sense for the warehouse type model you really do need to have like a movie theater come in and buy and repurpose it Mm -hmm. or that type of lifestyle thing really needs to take over the space and there's just so much of it how many movie theaters can you have
0: we only have a minute left, but for an offbeat idea, a calendar analyst suggested the possibility of Amazon coming in as a alternative suitor to disrupt a Hudson's Bay-Macy's deal. Does that make any sense?
1: It, it, look, we've talked about it on this uh, podcast before. This is the perfect example of an analyst coming up with a catchy headline that will generate a lot of press for him. It'll get a lot him a lot of FaceTime on CNBC, and it'll get a lot of people like us to come on podcasts and say, no, Amazon's <laughs> not going to buy Macy's. Like, Look, what just think about it from Amazon's standpoint, like maybe they benefit from a increased physical presence, but why would they take the risk of buying Macy's having to fire thousands of people, having to sell off all the stores they don't want, having to repurpose all the stores to their needs, like go build up custom build, whatever you want for a fraction of the price. It'll fit you better. You don't have the political risk of firing all these people. You don't have the headache. Why the heck would you do that? And look, Macy's core business is still generating earnings, so it's not like you're gonna just shrink it all to zero immediately. Somebody should come buy in, run it for cash flow, and see if they can figure out a way to have Macy's run profitably. Amazon's not buying them. Doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah, I think that this is kind of in the category of vague Chinese foreign SOE interest in buying something, like GNC gets from time to time. Uh, Amazon could buy it. The last time I really kind of had this vague notion of that and kind of a story around a deal that had no credence to it was when I was thinking, Amazon could buy Radio Shack. So I think Macy's should actually just file for bankruptcy tomorrow. Because once I start kind of throwing it into the air, Amazon could buy it out of desperation. Uh, It's all over. As
1: investors, we need to learn from our mistakes. And the reason I am so confident Amazon is not buying Macy's is because... I, that was one of my first thoughts with Radio Shack when I was first developing, and you learn quickly like, why would Radio Shack take? Why would Amazon take on four thousand Radio Shack leases? But we're not the only <laughs> ones who made that mistake.
0: If you're in this desperate state, you're like, gosh, if Jeff Bezos wanted to inherit all of my problems, he probably could have some good solution for it. Which, from your perspective, might well be true. From Jeff Bezos' perspective, it's not obvious why he wants all of your problems.
1: I, I've been researching this one company. It's funny. One of the interesting things about them is they have all these NOLs, and the reason they have all these. NOLs is because they lent money asset-based to Radio Shack, and they were like, these are cash-secured, like, we've got it, and Radio Shack found a way to burn so much cash that they were not cash-secured. That did not work out well for anyone.
0: That is all I have for today. Uh, Before we hit our disclosures, a reminder, if you like this podcast, I hope that the 94% of listeners, male and 6% that are female, all like the podcast. Be sure to follow us, rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or Boom. You, you know, I feel like we're equal
1: listen for all sexes. So I feel like the six percent of females who listen to us should just rep- recommend us to forty six percent more females Absolutely. or forty four percent, and then we'll be fifty fifty, and we can say this is the the Capital Equal Sexism Equal Feminism
0: Podcast. That's what I, I, I agree, one hundred percent. I am long some Macy's, uh, and Andrew, do you have anything to N- disclose? Nothing for me. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time. Perfect.